Royman's Product Management Podcast. In this podcast episode, I'll talk about succeeding with product delivery in Scrum. Now, Scrum is not a product management framework, but it can be tremendously valuable for product people. It can help you make the right product decisions and deliver great products if it's correctly applied. And so in this episode, I'll share 10 tips to help you with this, help you maximize value delivery with Scrum. And there's also a bonus tip. I hope you'll find them helpful. My first tip is to complement Scrum with a product discovery and strategy process. Now, Scrum is just a simple framework that wants to help teams develop successful products. It achieves this mainly by using sprints to create product increments, collecting feedback from users and stakeholders, and adapting the product with the new insights gained. As simple as this sounds, there is a catch. To create value with Scrum, you must first understand who the users and customers are, why people would want to use and pay for the product, which business benefits it should generate, and in the case of commercial products, which features differentiated from competing offerings. Otherwise, you might ask the wrong people for feedback on the product increments and hence draw the wrong conclusions. What's more, you'll struggle to determine the right product backlog items. How can you capture the right user stories, for instance, if you are unsure who the users are and why they want to use the product. You should therefore do just enough product discovery and strategy work before you start using Scrum and before you add any items to the product backlog. But don't stop there. Continue the discovery and strategy work while the product is being developed. This includes talking to users, using key performance indicators, KPIs, to track the value of the current product version, keeping an eye on the competition and monitoring market trends. If this sounds a bit complicated, then think about common everyday activities like riding a bicycle. Before you can set off, you first have to consider where you want to go and how you will get there, much like the initial discovery and strategy work I mentioned. To move forward, you'll have to pay attention to the execution, pushing the pedals, keeping your balance and changing gears. But this is not enough. To get to your destination, you'll have to continuously look ahead, avoid any obstacles and possibly adjust your route. Scrum is like a bicycle. It helps you move forward, but it doesn't tell you where to go and how to get there. That's what the discovery and strategy work does. My second tip is to use Scrum for products that experience uncertainty and change. Scrum is often seen as the standard way to create digital products. And I've met more than one company where the product managers were told to be agile and do Scrum. But like any tool, Scrum has its benefits and its limitations. I find that the framework is best suited for products that are affected by a significant amount of uncertainty and change. These are typically brand new and young products, as well as products that are experiencing a bigger change. For example, to extend their life cycle by addressing a new market segment or by replacing some of the technologies. But if your product is in a steady state, for instance, if it is mature and you focus on incremental enhancements and bug fixes, then you may find it more beneficial to use a Kanban-based Agile process instead of Scrum. To put it differently, there is no one right way to develop products and deliver solutions just like there is no single bicycle that is perfect on every terrain. 
A road bike, for instance, is great for riding on smooth surfaces, but a mountain bike is better for riding off-road. My third tip is to look beyond the product backlog. The product backlog can be a great tool to capture the outstanding work to deliver a product, but it's not enough on its own. To successfully manage your product and maximize value delivery, you should use additional artifacts, including the following five. First, an inspiring vision that describes the ultimate reason for offering the product. Second, a validated product strategy that captures your approach to realize the vision and make the product successful. Third, an outcome-based goal-oriented product roadmap, which shows how you intend to implement the strategy and states the specific benefits the product should create in the next, say, 12 months. Fourth, KPI that measure the value your product creates and help you understand if the strategy is working. And fifth, a business model that explains how you intend to realize the desired business benefits and in the case of a commercial product, how it is monetized. Note that none of these five artifacts is part of Scrum, but this does not mean that they cannot or should not be used in combination with the framework. As I mentioned earlier, Scrum is not a product management framework. It therefore offers only limited support to product people. The fourth tip is to take advantage of product goals. I like to think of a product goal as the specific outcome that a product should create in the next two to three months. For example, to increase conversion, to decrease churn, or to future-proof the product by removing technical debt. Using product goals offers you the following four benefits. First, they focus and direct the product backlog. Many backlogs I've seen were too long and too detailed, but such a backlog is difficult to prioritize, refine, and update. Using a product goal addresses this issue. You only add an item to the backlog if it helps you meet the goal. Otherwise, you discard it, at least for now. Second, product goals provide a continuity beyond the current sprint and help align everyone involved in delivering the product. Everybody should be working on the same product goal at a given point in time. Third, product goals help you connect the product roadmap and the product backlog, assuming that you use a goal-oriented plan like my Go product roadmap. Choose the next outcome on the roadmap as your product goal and copy it into the product backlog. And fourth, product goals help you discover the right sprint goals. Simply ask yourself, what is the next step we have to take to move forward and meet the product goal? My fifth tip is inspect and adapt to maximize value. If applied correctly, Scrum removes most of the guesswork from delivering a product. Instead of writing down the requirements before any development has taken place, and hoping that they are comprehensive and correct, you start with a sketchy product backlog, build a first increment, show it to users, customers, and stakeholders, and evaluate their feedback. This enables you to quickly try out new ideas and learn which ones create value and which don't. To put it differently, Scrum's iterative nature allows you to make data-informed product decisions thereby maximizing the chances of delivering a product that does a great job for the users and customers. To successfully inspect and adapt your product, collect feedback early and often, for instance, by demoing or releasing product increments. 
use the data you gather to validate your decisions and generate new ideas. Answering the following four questions will help you with this. First, are you developing a product that is usable and beneficial for the users? Does it offer the right user experience and the right functionality? Second, can the product be successfully offered? For example, can it be effectively marketed, sold and serviced? Third, how can you further improve the product to maximize the value it creates? For example, by enhancing, adding or removing a feature. Fourth, what changes should you make to the product backlog and will any of them impact the product roadmap and require an update? Note that frequently adapting your product requires that it's easy to modify the code. If the software is brittle and the code quality is poor, changing the product will take longer and be more expensive. It is therefore worthwhile to measure the code quality and minimize technical debt. Note that frequently adapting your product requires that it's easy to change the code. If the software is brittle and the code quality is poor, adapting the product will take longer and be more expensive. It is therefore worthwhile to measure the code quality and minimize technical debt. Tip number six, fully leverage the product backlog. I find it ironic that the only product management artifact Scrum offers is commonly misapplied. To take full advantage of the backlog and leverage it to deliver a great product, follow these five tips. First, use the product backlog for what it's good at as a tactical product plan that captures product functionality, for example, in the form of epics and user stories. Second, use a product goal to direct the backlog as I recommended earlier. This will result in a concise and focused product backlog that is relatively easy to manage and change. Third, prioritize the product backlog. I like to use risk, cost benefit and dependencies to determine the right order, especially for a backlog that is governed by a product goal. Fourth, regularly update the backlog by using the data you collect from users, customers and stakeholders based on the latest product increment. Remove, add and adjust items. Ensure that the high priority items are ready to be delivered in the next sprint. Fifth, involve the development team members in the backlog work. This leverages their expertise, it helps you discover technical risks and it leads to better, clearer product backlog items. Tip number seven, don't get hung up about the term product owner. As you probably know, the person in charge of the product is called product owner in Scrum. The idea behind the name choice is simple. The person who fulfills the role has to be empowered to make a product decision when no agreement can be reached. Figuratively speaking, they should own the product on behalf of the company. But in my mind, it really doesn't matter if people refer to you as the product owner, product manager or something else. What does matter is that you have the right decision-making authority, that you are committed to offering a product that benefits its users and the business, and that you show empathy and respect to the people who work with you. My tip number eight is to guide the development team. A development team in Scrum is more than a bunch of people writing software. It's a cross-functional, self-managing group that incrementally delivers a usable and valuable product. To help the team do a great job, follow these five tips. 
First, involve the team members in the discovery strategy work in addition to the product backlog refinement. While you might be concerned that this reduces the ability to deliver functionality, including team representatives in the discovery-related work allows them to acquire relevant knowledge about the users and to research new technologies and tools. This leads to better design and implementation decisions and a better product. Second, use a sprint goal to describe the desired outcome of each sprint. Ensure that the team members agree with the goal and that it moves you closer to your product goal. Third, allow the team to own the work in the sprint. Let the team members freely determine what has to be done and how much work can be done. Additionally, don't interfere with the team's self-management. It's the team's responsibility to organize their work and reach the sprint goal, not yours. Fourth, hold the team accountable for meeting the agreed sprint goal. Do not put up with a team that repeatedly overpromises and underdelivers. Address the issue in the next sprint retrospective and together determine the right improvement measures. My ninth recommendation is align the stakeholders. As the person in charge of the product, you usually need the stakeholder support to successfully deliver a product. The following four tips will help you align and guide them. First, focus on the key stakeholders, the individual who take an interest in your product and whose help you need to progress and provide it. For a commercial product, they're likely to include a marketeer, a sales rep and a customer service team member. Second, engage the individuals early and regularly. The stakeholders should participate in the discovery and strategy work and they should regularly attend the sprint review meetings. The latter allows them to see how the product is progressing, offer their feedback and share their ideas. Third, form a product team. Now Scrum is a team-based approach and it promotes a Scrum team, but this group does not include any stakeholders. I therefore recommend creating a larger team which extends the Scrum team and does include the stakeholders in addition to the person in charge of the product, the development team members and the Scrum master. In this larger group, that's what I call the product team. Fourth, don't be afraid to say no to the stakeholders and to hold them accountable for meeting agreed goals. A common mistake I see product people make is to believe that they have to please the stakeholders, but that's wrong. Your job is to deliver a successful product and maximize the value it creates, not to make the stakeholders happy. And my tip number 10 is don't do Scrum without an effective Scrum Master. Having an effective Scrum Master truly is crucial when you want to use Scrum to maximize value delivery. Unfortunately, the role is often not filled and other times Scrum Masters are stretched too thinly or they lack the necessary skills. Now, if that's the case for you, then don't make the mistake of taking on the role. This will make your job even more challenging and stressful. Instead, address the actual issue. If the role is not filled, then help the decision makers in your organization understand that Scrum Masters are not optional, but mandatory. If you have a Scrum Master, but you are not happy with their work, then share your perspective with them in a constructive, non-judgmental way. Offer your help when possible and appropriate. 
If this does not result in any improvement, then it might be better to look for another person who can play the role in a more effective way. And finally, my bonus tip, practice sustainable pace. As the person in charge of the product, you have a demanding job with a range of diverse duties that compete for your time and attention. This makes it easy to work too hard and exhaust yourself. To stay healthy, motivated and productive, look after yourself and practice sustainable pace. The following four recommendations will help you with this. First, focus on your job. Don't take on other responsibilities, at least not permanently, and only attend meetings that require your presence. Second, delegate and share some of your work. For example, the development team might be happy to carry out some of the backlog refinement work on their own. Additionally, involve other product people and share the work if the product grows and the product management effort gets too much for one person. Third, don't neglect important non-urgent tasks. It can be tempting to skip the continuous discovery and strategy work, but this usually means that you overlook opportunities and threats and therefore generate more work for yourself in the future. Fourth, take regular breaks and don't get into the habit of routinely working over time. Use your lunch breaks and holiday allowance to recharge your batteries. This will enable you to deliver great products while being healthy and well. I hope you found my tips helpful. You can learn more about using Scrum to maximize value creation and deliver successful products by attending my training courses. And you'll also benefit from reading my book, Strategize, which discusses product strategy and roadmap practices that facilitate an agile product delivery. Thank you for listening. <music>